0: Welcome to Interchange. I'm your host, Zach Anderson-Pettit. Interchange was founded inside of Bond, the embedded finance company. This podcast is a place for conversation, questioning, and open learning about the future of embedded finance. Our guest this week is Christian Zimmerman, chief executive officer at Coins. Coins, with a Q, automates extra payments towards consumer debt and helps them save extra money each month. We cover Christian's background, Coins founding, and what Bond and Coins are doing together. I hope you enjoy our interchange. Before we come to present day, I want to take us all the way back to the youth, the the early days of Christian. So, tell me about your life, like growing up. Were there any kind of entrepreneurial roots? You know, were you selling lollipops as a three year old or something like that? Like, where where did this this entrepreneurial bug come from?
1: Yeah, so like you know, uh, growing up, I'm an only child, but uh, okay. growing. Up, my, my dad was in the military for like 17, 18 years. And then my mom is immigrant from El Salvador. And so, like, just growing up, I just got taught early on, like, you know, the importance of independence, you know, earning my own money. And uh, so, early on, I, I started like mowing lawns. And before I was mowing lawns, uh, I would actually go to all of my neighbors' houses and collect the cans, Coke cans, Pepsi cans, and collect that. And you could actually sell that for, for cash. So I would just sell them bags, like bags on bags on bags, and get like 50 dollars as like a ten-year-old. And so that's what I would do. Like every week, I would go recycle bins, clean it up, and then crush them. And so I had like a whole system down for that. That was my first, like I guess, business. And then I got into that's college. Or school was doing drawings, selling drawings. I used to be really good at drawing. But yeah, I've always had like an knack for wanting to do my own thing. I never thought it was going to be in technology per se, but. You know, friends of mine, you know, got me into the startup world and just saw the ability of like that—that that you can scale something and reach a larger number of people, just out, not just in your city. And that always really appealed to me, especially when my mom was always like, you know, if you want to do your own thing, you know, make sure that it is causing a or you're creating, you know, positive impact in someone's life. So that's always resonated with me.
0: Well, that makes that makes a lot of sense. The having a positive impact thing has been something you've been very focused on from the beginning. Um, but I find that absolutely hilarious it feels to me like I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan or all at all but it feels like I, I talked to like these super highly successful technology oriented you know business founders and like their previous business was always something that was like a piece of a Seinfeld episode like your, <laughs> okay. yours is definitely one the previous the episode we did a uh, couple weeks ago was with a founder of pinwheel a guy named kurt that sold a previous company where he was literally just moving cars and there was an episode where somebody would just move one car to the other side of the street and back other side of the street and back it it all it all goes back to like some Seinfeld episode and there was one where they were crushing cans and trying to like finagle you know from well this is worth this much in Connecticut but it's worth this much in New York like arbitrage of in Kramer's brain anyways anyways (laughs) that's that's absolutely hilarious um so, so that makes sense. You've been pretty focused on at least like in getting positive things out into the world. Where did the kind of influence on the financial side come from? Like, why, why did you start to care about debt, start to care about money and get to the point where you wanted to do something as crazy as jump off a building and, you know, build a plane on the way down to solve the problem?
1: <laughs> yeah, so the financial piece like was really more so a personal pain point of mine. You know, growing up, I grew up in a middle class home, so like you know, not necessarily like we didn't have make ends meet or anything, but like I just always like heard the conversations of like, oh, we don't have enough money for this, or we don't have enough money for that or like yeah. oh, you gotta save up for this and um, that always stuck with me. And then when I got to college, you know, like I'm the first one in my family to go to college period and then to being the first one in my family to graduate, you know, like my mom has always just been like the one to like, um, you know, push everyone in her family. So I just kind of felt like it was a responsibility of mine to like continue to like to pursue this sort of like American dream that maybe she has. Um, And so the financial piece was like a personal pain point of mine. I graduated, have student loans. I took out personal loans because I didn't want to let her down. So I was like, she doesn't have to know about the personal loans, but I took them out so I could graduate. And now I'm still paying crazy interest rates. Uh, So long story short, yeah, I just like, man, I need to solve this. I was trying to look at, you know, a lot of different products that were already out there, Acorns, Capital, Digit. And they're all really good products, but... I think the issue that I found was that none of them were like helping me like really automate the habit that I was trying to build, which was facilitating additional payments or extra cash that I had, whether it's laying around or in my checking account to go directly towards this loan. Cause if you make, if you tell me to go do it, I'm not going to go do it. I'm 22 years old. I just graduated. I'm just now getting some money. I'm going to go spend it. So how do I build this habit without having to think about it? And that's what we wanted to build.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I think there's a lot of folks that are I mean, even when I first met you, I was like, Oh, man, you're gonna what swipe a debit card and then that 60 cents is going to help you pay off your debt or something. But when you think about it in a more macro way, what you're talking about, the habit formation of it sounds like the most important part is that was there almost like a behavioral behavioral finance or like behavioral economics, like lens that you tried to add to it at the beginning? Or was it really like, why can't I pay
1: my debt? Someone let me do this. Okay, fine. I'll build it myself. Um, it wasn't even like, I wasn't trying to build it myself. Like, um, so, so I just, I really am big in like personal development and like understanding like, uh, how habits are formed and things like that. So like neocortex, like limbic brain, Oh, like, I I For love reading sure. Richard- books stuff. But at that time I had I had no idea what that stuff meant. I was just saying like, it's a personal pain point in my, how do I solve it? And funny enough, like I was working at this other startup, had nothing to do with finances, but my nickname was called the plug. So I was the guy that could just figure things out. I would make it happen. You just, you, if you, if you trust me, I'll make it happen. And that's, that's kind of how I've always, my mentality has always been. Anyways, there was this pitch competition called the plug ATL and it was for a hundred thousand dollars for, to present an idea. And at the time wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. it was called the, your nickname was the plug. This thing's called the plug. All right, continue on. I'm just going to not talk about all the potential <laughs> Atlanta rappers that have used
1: the term plug in a different <laughs> use. Exactly. That, that was like the thing that was, that was exactly. Cause I really like hip hop a lot too. And, uh, my coworkers were like, yo, you got to apply. Like, this is your nickname. What's the worst. And it was $400,000. So I'm thinking, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I have this idea. I'll apply. If I lose still have my job um so long story short i make top 10 and all i did was create a a unbalanced landing page i created a fiber video for 35 bucks and my friend had helped me create a script and a google sheet that was like what i what i presented and uh you know i didn't win but that was like what was a catalyst for me wanting to like get, start scratching this itch. And I knew nothing about personal finance and knew nothing about FinTech, but I just knew that I just really wanted to solve it, that problem and just kept working on it every day, every day, every day. And it just told my parents like, Hey, I want to like just take this leap and go do this. And they're like, you're crazy. Everyone's telling me I'm crazy, but I just knew, you know, in my heart of hearts that like, I just had to go do it. So that's what I did. And here we are still working on it. Well, and now (laughs) a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of
0: the best ideas seem absolutely idiotic until they're all of a sudden the best idea in the world. And I feel like you're, you're, you know, maybe it's worth mentioning, you know, you and I first met when I wasn't sitting in this seat at bond doing interchange and, you know, working on partnerships or whatnot. We actually met back when I was at MBKC and you were trying to find a bank partner. So not only did you probably not know anything, you said you didn't know anything about personal finance. All of a sudden you have to develop bank bank partnerships and figure out how to talk to CFOs and like, yeah, we're going to do this, but it's a broker deposit, yada, yada, yada. So how did you how did you learn all that? Like, how did you go from the plug ATL to an MVP in the financial sector? Cause I love the hustle of the unbounce page and one clear trend with you is hustle, but how'd you get from like one to two on that?
1: Same thing. Like, you know, uh, so, you know, at that point I didn't have a co-founder. Like I knew that I, I wanted to build something, but I I personally wasn't gonna be able to build it myself. Like I need to either work with a dev shop or find a co-founder that, you know, complemented my skill sets. And so, you know, next thing went back to drawing board. I'm like, those are the two approaches I'm going to take. I'm either going to find someone that I can work with that I, that I, you know, I will jive with or someone or a dev shop that will work with me. Um, and hopefully they're going to charge me an arm. And a leg. So started going to different events, networking events, dev meetups, like went to this place called literally called co-founders lab, um, uh, and where you're supposed to meet co-founders and <laughs> serendipitously, I met my co-founder, Nate, uh, Nate Washington, who's now our CTO as well, um, uh, there. And that's how we met. And, uh, he was, he's two years older than me. I'm 28, he's 30. And we both went to Georgia state, but we never like cross paths. And it was just crazy because we just hit it off really well you know, he'd started a couple companies in the past himself. Um, and so, you know, his tenacity as well to kind of want to have this, uh, solve this problem, but also his drive to like actually put something to paper or put something from paper to product, you know, whether in the most like MVP form, but to me it was like the biggest thing in the world because I had never seen something that I had you know envisioned in my mind come to fruition in like into a real life product. And, uh, it was funny cause I, I'm like, I'm playing around with the two ideas. Like, do I have a co-founder or do I go to a dev shop? And I'm doing, I'm talking, I'm doing both at the same time. Right. And he shows me his, the product. I'm like, this is amazing. Let's go show the dev shop. <laughs> we go to the meeting t- with the dev shop and they're like, uh, well, why are you going to, why are you showing like, you don't need to work with us. then and like, screw you.
0: <laughs> that's actually a pretty honest answer from a dev shop. Most dev shops I've worked with in the past are like, that's great. We could add this feature, this feature and this feature would be $300,000, even though you don't need it. So at least they, at least they were kind of honest.
1: Well, cause I went back to them and I was like, look, Hey, like I, you said, you're going to charge me like, I don't know, 70, 80 K for this. And like, I already have it. So what can you do? And they're like, well, that's what we were going to do. I'm like, okay, so you want to do something else or you're not going like, to well, it looks like you, you already found what you needed. And I was like, okay. Um, and then that was kind of the other thing that it kind of clicked in my head was that like, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't look for hurdles are always going to be in the way, but I don't look for them to stop. you like, I will find another way to make something happen. And that's just kind of my mentality and how it's always been. So.
0: I mean, you've you've accomplished a lot with not what most people have is the way I would phrase it. It's not like you, I mean, I wouldn't say a little, but how how much have you raised to this point that you can at least
1: disclose publicly? Yeah. To date now we've raised just a little over total, $2 million. So, which is, but, which is, but yeah, to ahead, your point, like I've dealt with $2 million, my closest competitor, like, Within this space has raised like 40, 50, 60 million dollars plus. And like, I'm in the same conversations as, as those products. Granted, I'm much old, younger and we still have a lot of work to do, but yeah, it's, that's something I'm pretty proud of. Like, I, I know that, you know, we've done a lot with a little, um, but I want to, my next level up, like, I know I want to get to that next stage and like really competing and and uh, showcasing our product and help really ultimately just continue to make more positive impact in people's lives is what's going to continue to drive me to get to that next level. But, you know, at the end of the day, like it's not so much about the number of dollars that I'm bringing in from an investment standpoint. It's really about, you know, how many more customers am I able to serve? And that's what I'm trying to focus on now.
0: And that was one of the first things that made me fall in love with you as a previous investor. Back when I was at MBKC, there was a long story as to why we didn't end up working together. That's not worth going into on a podcast. But I was amazed by the amount of impact you had had. And yeah, we don't need to talk about just the venture funding or anything, but how much, how much debt have you helped folks pay off to this point?
1: Yeah. Uh, to date now a little over, I, I'm sure it's over 20 million now, but that's the the last hard number I had was $20 million. That's, uh,
0: that's a pretty good ratio. So raise 2 million, help people pay off 20. And the other thing that maybe we should even rewind a little bit and explain more about what coins is and what coins is going to be. But to, to my previous point about skepticism, it's, it doesn't seem like it's going to make that big of a difference when you first explain the product, I don't think, but to hear a number like that and to hear what you've raised to accomplish a number like that, I just, I applaud you, sir. It's an unbelievable (laughs) accomplishment. That said. I don't want to go to your head too much. So let's rewind. Let's go to what coins is a little bit and what it's going to be. So what, what is it today? Just like basic feature set and kind of what you see the future of it as.
1: Yeah. So like, I guess we'll, I'll, fa- I'll rewind a little bit to like what it was when we first started. So like when we first started really all it was trying to, Really, have it become was a roundup app that pays off debt. Like that was really very basic terms, and then from there, um, I saw that you know I really wanted to become a full fledged like financial wellness platform that could help you not only pay off debt but automate your the whole process through education and automation. Right, that's that's really like what we do now. And so like how the product works now is we ask you what is your goal? Is it to pay off debt or is it to just save money? Because you know those two are go hand in hand whether you're doing one f- or doing both at the same time, you should be thinking of both. the next thing we ask you is how do you want to save? So rounding up, as you mentioned, is like one of the ways, but now we have multiple ways to save. You can do uh, weekly deposits. You can do payroll deductions. Every time you're getting paid, um, you can do um, smart savings, which is kind of our own internal algorithm that we built out similar to roundups. But instead of it being based off like how much you spend, it can just be based on like an aggressiveness level that you're trying to put aside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really tailored to two types of customers those that are like, hey, I'm bad at building this habit, or hey, I don't like spending a lot of money, but I do want to build this habit. Um, so I don't want it to be tied to like me having to go out and spend more money, right? Uh, and then, so those are the core ways to save. And then the last piece is like, where do you want your money to go? Like, who is that lender? And so earlier on, it was just student loans. Very quickly, we found people were asking, hey, can we pay off credit cards? Can we pay off auto loans? Can we pay off mortgages? Um, so now we primarily focus on credit cards, but we do student loans, we do auto loans, we do mortgages, we do healthcare bills, but those are more miscellaneous. Our main focuses are primarily credit cards and student loans, really just because of the impact in the interest rates that people typically have with those types of debts. Um, so that's where we are now. And then where we're going, like long-term vision has always been like, you know, how do we close this loop between credits and debits? Like Mm -hmm. people know how much money they have coming in. Um, and you know they may think, oh, I'm making 65k, but you're really only bringing like 45, 50k after taxes, right? But do you really know like how much debt you have? Like people right. have an idea, but when they pull their credit report, which most people don't even pull except maybe once a year or every, once every couple of years, they don't really get the full scope of like where they are financially, high level. So like with uh, our partnership with Bond, like what we're really excited about is creating this new debit card that is really focused on, you know, the debit card that helps people pay off debt and debit cards have always over the last few years, you know, been looked at as like not such a good tool. Why use a credit card, a debit card where you can use a credit card, credit card gives you all these bonuses, but you know, I'm not saying credit cards are bad unless you know how to use them, but a lot of people don't know how to use them. And that's, that was also a personal pain point of mine. Like I had to learn how to use it. Um, but falling into that trap can get, you, can be a very cyclical thing. and takes a long time to get out of. And so, you know, I wanted to build a product that would help consumers like start to get some sort of benefits out of like, you know, understanding their finances, give them a full scope view of where they are from debts to income all in one place, which most banks don't do, aside from maybe that one credit card that you have with that bank. And then ultimately like work with the merchants and the retailers nationwide to say, Hey, we want a. We want to give you know a corporate social responsibility to help our customers and consumers to build better uh, uh, financial wellness for themselves by going shopping at Kroger or Publix or by getting uh, gas at Quick Trip or Racetrack or going to get coffee with friends like things that you have to do because you can't say you're not going to spend money. You have to go buy the the main things that are the main things. But how do we make that also an impactful way of Contributing towards helping someone become debt free, and then ultimately achieving their financial goals, whatever that may be.
0: I love it. And v- vertically integrating that card has to make life for Coins users a lot easier. I, you know, even the the best of the connect your account apps, you know, always you're always going to run into something, right? Like it's a lot of screen scraping. Uh, it's not often a direct connection, and we don't have to name any companies. But it's just a hard thing to do. So I imagine that's going to be a a beautiful user experience and it's like moving even further towards this like IFTTT for money kind of thing that we all like to talk about. You know, we all like to dream about self-driving money, but like taking a step towards it with a real product is something, something that's truly exciting and real, which is different than maybe some of the things happening out in the blogosphere.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, like the, everyone has a debit card, everyone's trying to become a bank and like, you know, we get asked that all the time about like, you know, like, Oh, like what's going to make your car different. And you know, what about banks? Like, can't they just do these things? And you know, ultimately, ultimately like, I'm not trying to compete with any of these products. What I'm trying to focus on is serving the customer's end goal, which is ultimately paying off these debts. And the main focus there that I, I feel like we all kind of lose lose sight on is like within the banking realm is bill pay and, you know, revolving debts. And how do I, How do I cut my little slice out that pie and just focus in on that to really create more value for the customer?
0: As one human, I'm sitting here listening to you talk, thinking about the amount of the amount of balls that you need to juggle as a founder to be able to make all this work, right? Like your head is very focused. It sounds like in the direction of like, we need to help people pay off the loan. How do we get a connection into Navi and how do we get a connection into whatever Wells, how do we get a connection into these, bill pay systems or these lender lending systems, as you alluded to. But at the same time, we have to manage deposits in a compliant way. And we have to somehow spin up a card that's going to be the intermediary between all this and bring it together. So reading between the lines, I imagine part of the reason you went with bond is the lack of the lack of variables that you need to think about about with that experience. Um, So I'm partially curious why bond and why not build it yourself, but also curious. About kind of any historical learnings that you have about going and working with banks. You know, I know even when I was sitting at my seat at MBKC, there were things that I wanted to do for you that I wasn't able to do just because of a multitude of variables. And I'm sure that was true for a lot of banks. I'm sure you've talked to maybe even a hundred banks by now. So maybe there's some learnings you can share with early stage founders from those times.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say like <clears throat> I've always been you know, I, I've I, I like to have the the I try always try to remove like the third parties where I can, right? But yeah. some degree like <clears throat> you need to like there's stepping stones and to, to leveling up, right? There's stepping stones to getting to the door, or opening the door or getting your foot in the door. And so for us, you know, uh the reason we went with Bond was speed, um, connectability, um, and you know relationships, honestly, like, I think the, at the end of the day, like I'm very much focused, I, I very much believe that like relation, like uh, success comes from a lot of the relationships that you build as well. And so like, this was a very organic relationship that was built off of like our our, our current bank partnership. And so like trust is really big, but you know, at the end of the day, like aside from that, I have to think about the business, like where is this business going? And how fast can I launch products that I want to build out? And so apologize. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so from there, you know, uh, I looked at one, I looked at a lot of different products, but time was of the essence. That was a really big one. Like, you know, the ability to launch from contract to, to actually getting something out, you know, is a few months versus like years, um, cost obviously a very big deal as well. Like, uh, going, doing things, you're you're by yourself. Like there's so many moving parts that, It was honestly very, very overwhelming. And so I had to figure out like, you know, do I keep moving this route and do I, you know, eat all those costs and hope that it all works out? Or do I mitigate some of my risk of, you know, venturing into a new type of product that I don't know much about um, and working with, you know, what I I believe to be like the experts that have been there, done that to help me kind of navigate that until. I'm at a point where hopefully you know I'm ready to venture, or I get so big that I have to venture out. But up until then, like there's no need. Um, So I would say that that's like a very big big piece too. Uh, And then lastly, just like communication, like the I think that's a big piece that I've learned over the last year year and a half, like through the pandemic and just even now that everything's just remote, is the ability to like. Call up someone and hey, I have a question. Like things getting answered quickly are very big for me. Like I do not like waiting. Otherwise, I will go do it myself. And like I should not be doing things myself because I'm not the expert in these things. But I will go try to learn and try to figure it out. If you're not answering my my questions quick enough, um, so you're
0: the plug. That's what you do.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, that, and that's what I really like about, about bond as well. Like I, you know, I literally just called Marcus. I think yesterday he had a question answered immediately. And if he didn't answer, he texted me right back. Hey, I'm sorry. I was busy. I'll get an answer for you this morning. Had an answer. So it's like things like that. I really, I really appreciate that. And I think it's very important because let's say something shit hits the fan, right? It's, we're in the banking realm, right? It's fraud or something like, I'm not trying to be stuck dealing with these things without knowing that I have a support system behind me as well, managing these things.
0: That's, I think the, the like end of that is the perfect way to put it. Right. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of founders are of the impression that if you work with a bank partner directly, that it's somehow like all on you. And if you work with a banking as a service company, it's like all on them or something, or even some people have vice versa, but the, communication and just the the fact that it's a partnership and that we're in this in this and building this together i think is something that often
1: gets missed when i tell people about like what we're doing they're like oh that must cost millions and millions and millions of dollars and like yeah before it did and technically if you want to go your own route it still is but you know things, costs are going down, you know, the, the efficiency and the effectiveness of like the speed at which you can do these things are be, are speeding up as well. And so I feel like I'm just lucky to be at a, at a point at, at it in like technology to be able to do these things at such a fast pace to me this is still not fast cuz like i just like moving 100 miles an hour but but yeah <laughs> we could cut the time in half and somebody
0: with your personality and your sense of the world is still going to say can we cut it in half again yeah. no, that's that's just <laughs> who you are but even today i mean we have a lot of conversations with folks that it, it almost seems like you haven't done your due diligence as a founder to your investors or something unless you talk to 40 banks that are part of like the bring your own bank thing. And then you talk to six different you know processors and then you have a conversation with bond or, you know, someone in the bed of finance space or banking as a service space. It, it just seems like this huge, I don't want to call it a time suck because you always learn something, but it seems like a very significant use of time for companies that are functioning often with time as the most valuable commodity. If you were starting this today or trying to stand up some kind of, you know, like neo bank debit card oriented thing today, would you do that? Like, would you go bank to bank to bank and try and find if there is a bank you could build with, or would you go directly to a bond and just do that off the bat? Like, how how do you think you would handle that today? And what, what would you tell more, more than how would you handle it? What would you tell founders today to do?
1: So like, you know, I think that the, the main thing is um, one of the reasons why I didn't initially go uh, directly to banking as a service is it goes back to like, what is it like you're willing to give and take, right? Is because control is big, like in banking service, like you're not typically able to pick anyone you want to work with. And I already had strong relationships and then even on the bank side and saying, you know, going directly, you know, I learned like who I wanted to work with, but I also learned like the crazy type of costs and time it would take to build something like that out. Yeah. Um. So, to your point, like it, yeah, like yeah, it was a huge time suck. Like it, that part really sucked, but I learned so much that like I feel like I am much more well vetted. So that when I heard about like bond, I was like, it's a no brainer. Like it makes the total sense. But for someone that doesn't know, um, like all everything about kind of the underlying infrastructure it may just feel like, Oh, like this is going to get me to the next level. And then they won't really know what to do next. So I, I took the approach really, because one of our board members, you know, comes from green dot bank and had built something like this. So he was in the mindset of like, do everything yourself. Yeah. But then, you know, I was like, well, we're now we're running out of time and I got to figure something out. And then this was kind of like a best of both worlds uh, with bond. It was just kind of like, it was great. Cause I was like, I still have relationships that I had built. I was able to keep those relationships. Um, bond was able to work with me there. And then like from the implementation standpoint, get to work with bond and, you know, all the other things that I didn't want to deal with, you know, you guys are working with now, you know, together. So I was like, great. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say like more than anything, if I could go back and let's say I knew everything already, like, yeah, I would go this route 100%. But for someone that doesn't, hasn't been there, done that, like, I think it is important I wouldn't say maybe a hundred banks, but like you need to understand, like there's categories and there's phases of at what which point you should go. If you have the money, like screw it, go that way. But like at the end of the day, like your investors and your customers and you, you know, are probably looking for speed, agility, and the ability to serve your customers at a quick pace. And so that's really the name of the game right now. Totally. And your
0: customers don't care about the Durban amendment. Your customers don't care about any of the things that you are now an expert on. Right. And I mean, it's cool, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you're an expert on some stuff that next time somebody asks you to sit on a panel at whatever. I mean, you got you got war stories. You have way probably too much knowledge. Um, and maybe it'll be, you know, helpful at some point. But yeah, I mean, time is a friggin' commodity in the seat you're sitting in. So anyway what a what a whirlwind what a like full circle weirdness when i first heard that we were starting to work together i was like that is a small world based on how we first met so i'm really glad we're working together man i'm really excited for what the future of coins holds you know even with bond aside i'm very excited for what we're doing together but i'm really excited to like see you hit this escape velocity and hit this tipping point like get out into the world and and really go do it so uh, let's use this last piece. I, I know you just got a social impact grant, uh, from Atlanta. I think you said, I think you got a Republic campaign coming out. Let's do a little, little coins commercial here. What should, uh, what should the world know? How can they get a hold of you? And if they want to support coins, maybe through that Republic campaign, what's the best way to go do that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned, like, uh, tie Atlanta, like we just got a social impact grant again, kind of, I think it's just a testament to, to the, to our team and kind of to the what our mission is and our why of why we, why we do what we do. But, uh, you know, one of the things that we've always believed in was that like, uh, social or, um, financial health and financial wealth, uh, tie into one another really well. So like, you know, I'm not necessarily going to ever be focused on like, uh, financial investments for our product, you know, to invest in other products, but we always believe that like, why not help our customers? You know, if they believe in us, also help them, you know, be, uh, you know, on that journey with us as investors. And so like, we're excited to like partner with Republic. Um, you can go in Republic and you'll be able to pretty much uh, pre-commit on investments in coins. We're going to try to raise up to 1.5 uh, point. I think the goal is $1.07 million is a very specific number. Uh, 0.07. I think I could play a part in that 0.07. I
0: think (laughs) the one, the
1: one is going to be hard for me, but the 0.07 I could play part in. But, uh, but yeah, it's like a hundred dollar minimum investment. So like making it super accessible to anyone and everyone, uh, because we, we truly believe like once you pay off your debt, you know, once you start saving, the next big thing is how you make your money work for you. And if you believe in what we're, what we're trying to do, you know, we want to also be able to give those type of returns to our end customers and those that truly believe in us. And so that's our ultimate goal. And so that's what we're really excited about. I love it, man.
0: Well, this is not investment advice, but I, if, uh, if I were to bet on a human, I would bet on a Christian. You run through walls, you don't seem to sleep. So I, uh, I have some faith in what you're doing and I'm really I'm glad we're working together and I'm excited to see the future, man. It's Godspeed. I have, I have hope for what you're doing. I think
1: it's going to make America a much better place. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. And it's not just me, man. I just, I I do have to like my, it's my team for sure. Like they're the ones that put in all the the time and hours, but I'm the one that gets to smile and, uh, you know, give the big vision and big picture, but, um, really a true testament to everyone else. Big time. And also you wouldn't be
0: you if you didn't thank the team, any, any CEO that's taking all the credit. I probably, I probably wouldn't invest in their Republic campaign, right. But all right, we'll do this again. We'll have to check back in down the line, see how things are going, see how the Republic campaign's going, see how the debit card's going. We'll, we'll make
1: it happen again. Awesome. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed this interchange with Christian Zimmerman, CEO at Coins. To learn more about Coins and Christian, just dive into those show notes. Interchange was founded inside a bond to benefit the developers, product owners, and executives at brands working inside the next generation of financial services. We hope that you're learning, enjoying, and maybe even laughing along. We love this world and we're passionate about every piece of it. Let us know what you'd like to learn more about, who you'd like to hear from, and what's getting you out of bed in the morning in this wild world of fintech in which we live. If you'd like to learn more about bond, please read reach out. You can get a hold of me at Zach at bond.tech. Let's start a conversation. Check out the show notes and the bond blog for a deeper dive. If you're still listening and just can't get enough. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and a rating in your favorites podcast app until our next
1: interchange.